it's hard to find. I think they're coming out with a version of it on digital somewhere, but mm-hmm. I don't usually torrent movies, but I literally had to have my friend torrent a, the black and white version of The Mist so we oh. could watch it. Mm-hmm. Oh, the FBI is coming to your house yeah, tonight. They're, they're coming. They're, coming. You they're not coming to get me. You wouldn't download a car. <laughs> I would if I could. I would, 100%. <laughs> I would be driving a Tesla right now. I don't know they made a horror movie say. about torrenting movies, right? Well, what was that called? The Shining. He was talking about uh, <laughs> Mrs. Torrance. Oh my God. Jack is the. Dad. I think it's about time for us to kick Matt off this podcast <laughs> and never have him on again. Welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. And we're two brothers who talk about movies as if our opinions matter. And today we have a special guest. We have Austin, Matt's SOB, his significant other's brother. And he's on the podcast today and we're going to catch up on what we've been watching. We're going to dive into Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And we're going to discuss where we think the MCU is going. So without further ado, let's run that back. I just am curious what you guys think of Doctor Strange. Not just, well, yes, but not just (laughs) Doctor Strange, but like, what is Phase 4 doing? But we'll get to that. (laughs) So, welcome, Austin. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm here. We're going to talk about some movie stuff. Let's let the people get to know you a little bit the same way I let, when we did Fear Street, I had some questions. I'm going to alter it a little bit since we're not specifically talking about horror movies today we can get into that there was a little bit of kind of talking about horror movies today though yeah not crazy but so we'll start off with what genres of movies are you typically interested in i can really do anything i think i try and gravitate towards like sci-fi and horror Mm -hmm. Uh, my favorite era of movies is definitely like the 70s uh you know cinema so if we're talking sci-fi horror then we're talking about like alien Uh, You could even lob Star Wars into there, Mm -hmm. Halloween, John Carpenter, you know, The Thing, um, that kind of stuff. You know, some people would argue that Star Wars is a fantasy and not a sci-fi. What do you say to those people? They can argue all they want. (laughs) (laughs) I love imagining you being like, if we're talking sci-fi in the 70s, we're talking alien. You know, <laughs> but then you just don't Star Trek. No, the aliens, the only one. Yeah, the only one. Yeah. Uh, so, what are some of your favorite movies? You probably just named them. Yeah, I mean, Alien and Aliens is definitely one of them. Um, I like old Spielberg, so I like Jaws. Um, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Jurassic Park. Right. Um, my favorite director is definitely David Fincher, though. So he's mm. a little bit more new. I got a lot of Fight Club in there. That's kind of the cliche one, but I also yeah, I really yeah. like Zodiac. Um, I really like Panic Room. It's probably not his best film. Yeah, that's, but a, that's a deep cut. Panic Room is underrated. It is, it is. And just, like, technically speaking, that's one of the movies that I saw that really made me want to be yeah. a filmmaker. Just what he did with the camera yeah. on some of the shots in that movie. I was like, wow, I want to make a movie like that. So- it's hard to talk up Panic Room when the rest of Fincher's filmography is what it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> what, you thinking the game oh he hates curious case of benjamin button um that one's it's it's his most digestible like mainstream one i think but um i mean i like the game oh i I love the game yeah the game's pretty good seven i mean this is just a david fincher fan (laughs) podcast even even (laughs) alien three okay he's getting out of control now we're getting a little out of control let's pull this back okay (laughs) last question (laughs) how is film a part of your life Oh, man, that's a deep question. Uh, I started making movies when I was in elementary school. Uh, I just picked up a camera and said, hey, I want to do this. And then very quickly I figured out that, like, I just loved it. And then uh, that just spawned me to, you know, want to try and watch a movie, like, every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, just ended up watching, like, a ton of stuff. And you figure out real quickly what makes a good movie good and what makes a crap movie crap when you watch, you know, Everything. 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 <laughs> yeah. Everything that comes out. Don't care what it is. I'm going to watch it. Um, right. Took video production all four years of high school. Knew exactly what I wanted to do. Went to UCF for film. And now I'm back in high school teaching video production again. So it's uh, kind of <laughs> like I never left. Really glad that you pointed out that you're teaching and that you didn't go back to high school. So, Billy Madison like, situation. Be, he realized he never actually passed any of his video production. Although sometimes classes. it feels like I'm just back in high school. <laughs> yeah. You're like, so... Is there any parties this weekend, guys? <laughs> What's the Steve Buscemi? 
what's up, fellow children, or whatever yeah, yeah, he says. Yeah, yeah, fellow kids. I thought you were talking about Steve Buscemi in Billy Madison. Oh, no. <laughs> that was like, that's a very different situation. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so now that we've gotten the introductions out of the way, that's Austin. There he is. Hey, hey. He's still over there. He didn't leave. <laughs> what have you guys been watching recently? We can start with Matt, since he hasn't been able to say much. <laughs> Um, I really haven't been watching a whole lot other than um, the back of your eyelids, <laughs> Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and uh, Pixar movies. I've heard Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is like low key pretty the good. Hot diggity dog. Yeah, yeah. we watched uh, Coco. Oh, okay. So that, uh, Hudson could celebrate his Mexican heritage. Oh yeah, <laughs> from Carrie's side of the family. There, I started watching um, the second season of Young Rock. It's a lot better than you than you think it's going to be. It's really okay. funny. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but mostly, I've been listening to Spotify's number one charted podcast, Batman Unburied. I forgot for a second that Joe Rogan got kicked off the top spot. <laughs> and I was like, am I about to find out that Matt's a bad person? No. no. Have you have you heard of this? Batman Unburied? I've heard that it took the top spot, but I don't know what it's about. It's okay. So it's, it's a Batman scripted story. Oh. Winston Duke plays Batman. And he's from Black Panther. He was like from the Mountain Tribe. He mm-hmm. was like the main yeah, guy. Yeah, he was also from Us. He was the dad. Oh, yes. Us. He was in Us. It's like one of those old radio serials where it's like, tune yes. in next week for no. more of the Batman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, Jason Isaacs is uh, Alfred. Oh, I'm sold. (laughs) It's awesome. And the whole thing is that Bruce Wayne isn't Batman. His parents um, are alive, and there's this serial killer. He's a um, he's some sort of coroner or medical examiner. Bruce Wayne is. Bruce Wayne is. But you realize like it's it's in it's it's all happening in. Bruce Wayne's like subconscious, uh-huh. and like I won't give too much away about the story. It goes okay. From there. Well, I did not know that it's, that existed. It's it's hmm. awesome. I think there's six or eight episodes out right right now. Two episodes come out every Tuesday. That's that does sound it's, awesome. It's really really good. Yeah. What have you been watching? Um. Well, I had to pull up my letterbox here yeah. just to. Yeah. I was like, what have I been watching? I'm gonna have to. Well, that's what happens when you watch everything. That yeah, comes that's out. true. You watch too many things. Sorry, so I'm all just blends <laughs> What was the crocodile movie that you kept trying to get me to go? Uh, Crawl. Trying. Yes. Crawl is a <laughs> hidden gem. If you haven't seen Crawl, <laughs> I go have watch it. Heard, but maybe it's just because I'm I follow you on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So obviously, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Uh, I did see the Nick Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So did I, I heard it was great. It's, it was pretty good. It's it's really good. I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't say great because at surface level it's kind of just like an average like buddy comedy kind of like action comedy yeah. kind of thing. But it's elevated by it's about Nicolas Cage and that right. just makes it hysterical. And Pedro Pascal was so good in it. And he's kind of like a caricature of himself, right? Nicholas Nick, Cage. Nick Cage. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, what else? Everything, everywhere, all at once, which was wonderful. Go also, see just saw that. Yes. So we're taking care of my we're taking care of my watch list as well. Oh, and now you know why if you love Ratatouille, you will love everything everywhere all at yes, once. Yes, I thought you were just getting a little tipsy at dinner. Well, I was, but you're right. You were right. I now understand. I'm so jealous. Yeah. No, I feel that. I've been watching a lot of movies recently. I've been getting back into that and you'll find this funny since you've seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, so I'm sorry, Matt. You can just sit over there in the corner real quick, but I, I had to go back and watch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari again. Oh, okay. Because Nick Cage keeps going on about how he loves that movie. It's one of his favorites. I show clips of that to my students, and they don't understand why it's cool, but right. at least they can say, like, I've heard of that. You know? I'm going to risk sounding really pretentious right now, but that movie's good. Especially yeah. for being, what is it, like 102 years old? People should go out and watch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's okay. on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Like, yeah, right now. I watched it on Shudder, which is something I pay for and then realized it's just free out there in the yeah. universe. Yeah, but you pay for Shudder anyway. Yeah, and I've been watching a lot of Shudder. Like, I've been watching only like horror movies from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And Big fan of Shudder? I love Shudder. Yeah. You're welcome, Shudder. Man... Like, I'm trying to watch through all the Halloween movies. Uh, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> because I love Halloween and I want to see them. Because, like, I've never seen... I had never seen Halloween 2. I had never seen... Well, now I'm going to listen. Wouldn't it be great if I listed all of them? And <laughs> Halloween seen, 3 and Halloween 4. And, and I've Halloween. also never seen Halloween 5 or Halloween 6. But you've seen Halloween H2O. 
No, I've uh, never seen Halloween uh, H2O. Oh, Cody. Is that the one with Busta Rhymes in it? Yes. I can't wait. <laughs> we just talked about a lot of things that we watched, but what we have all come here to talk about is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <clears throat> and I keep saying Doctor Strange and the Multiverse, in but the, it's in, in the Multiverse of Madness. And so this movie was directed by the Sam Raimi. It was written by Michael Waldron, who wrote Loki. Loki, right? Yeah, yeah. which um, obviously there's a little bit of connection going through there. It made more sense that the WandaVision writer. And, and it's writer? starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, Sochil Gomez, <laughs> Benedict, et cetera. Benedict Cumberbatch. Eggs Benedict. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Benedict, uh, Benedict, yeah. By the way, spoilers for <laughs> Multiverse of Madness, obviously. So, Doctor Strange, very quick synopsis here. Uh, Doctor Strange um, meets a girl named America who's being attacked by creatures from the multiverse that have been hexed with, like, witches' spells. So, he goes to Wanda Maximoff, who is, you know, his resident expert on witchcraft. And there he learns that she has been dabbling with the Darkhold uh, an ancient like witchcraft book that has begun to corrupt Wanda and you know coming off of WandaVision she is feeling all sorts of feelings about um, you know having to murder her love and you know having kids and then them going away and so the Darkhold has really corrupted her she is revealed to be the one that's behind <laughs> trying to get America because she is able to travel through the multiverse and Wanda is trying to find her kids in the multiverse so that she can, you know, have them back. So pretty much Dr. Strange is like, you know, that's not allowed. We can't be doing that. And then also, you know, Wanda, you're my friend. I don't want you to do this. Dr. Strange and America go through different um, dimensions in the multiverse, you know, trying to track down pretty much the opposite of the Darkhold, the the light hold, let's call it. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> the Book of Vashanti. The Book of Vashanti. Thank you. They're trying to track But the whole time down. I thought he was saying Ashanti. The Book of Ashanti. Like the R&B singer? Yeah. <laughs> it's just all her lyrics when she wrote them down. But it gives, uh, the Book of Vashanti gives the sorcerer reading it, like, exactly what they need in the moment to, like, help them. Seems like a very good plot point for them to throw in there. <laughs> Um, so pretty much they're trying to get that. this was going to be a short synopsis. So pretty much Doctor Strange in America travel through the multiverse trying to get that. We get to see some crazy scenes with Wanda, some crazy scenes with Doctor Strange in America that culminates in zombie Doctor Strange flying with demon wings in the most Sam Raimi moment of the movie. And he's able to help stop, uh, Wanda and, or, you know, help Wanda see clearly what's going on. And in the end, Wanda destroys the Darkhold in every universe. And Doctor Strange goes back to being Doctor Strange. And America goes on a search for her parents. And that's where we end going into the rest of Marvel, which we'll then, I guess, talk about later as well. So hopefully that rambling made sense. This is exactly why I'm supposed to write these down instead of just going off the dome. <laughs> but I'm glad I had you there to tell me the name of that book. So without getting into too many details, what do you think of the movie? Just like thumbs up or thumbs down? Kind of, yeah. Or do did we want like to just get into... First, we're just going to go around and say, did we like it? Did we not like I'm very, it? Did it meet I'm, your expectations? I'm very mixed opinions within within me okay about it i think overall i enjoyed it yeah but i've got there were some things the things that i didn't like i really didn't like interesting okay what about you austin well as a sam Raimi fan and like a horror fan in general just to finally get a kind of horror themed uh marvel uh, marvel film was yeah. super exciting and i thought it was really well done uh i would say it's top tier marvel for me um, yeah maybe doesn't crack the top five but it's up there with like Thor Ragnarok and like Black Panther and you know maybe one or two other things it doesn't quite reach Avengers level but um yeah I loved it I'm sweating here getting ready for what's about to go down <laughs> yeah. in the rest I of like I like Eternals better than this movie Oof. oh god blasphemy that, that, I like but Eternals I, but, a I, lot, but, but I loved Matt, but I loved Eternals yeah from Matt that means something so I really liked it you really hit it there that we got a lot of horror themes that we haven't gotten to see in the marvel universe um 
there was a lot of Sam Raimi's fingerprints all over this movie. Um, even if, you know, you do have to then condense it into the MCU, and I understand that, but I like that it seems like they're starting to let their directors kind of have more of a say in, you know, what's going on. And this movie especially really showed that with Sam Raimi's, you know, style. His just wackiness that works so well. And as a horror fan, there was some genuinely creepy and unsettling moments in this movie that we'll get to. And I really enjoyed that. So I have what I would call some qualms, but definitely nothing on the level of what Matt seems to have brimming I'm, underneath I'm, his skin. I'm, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic when yeah. I say it. You get, you get <laughs> like, a little bit. We're having a little bit of fun here. <laughs> All right. So then let's start with the good. I mean, I was just kind of talking about it. I liked the fun, cheesy, Raimi-ness of it all. I already mentioned him, uh, zombie Doctor Strange flying on demon wings being very Raimi, but you kind of gave a little, was that the most Raimi moment? What what were you thinking? It's hard for me to decide between the slaughter of the Illuminati Hmm. and the... When they gouged that tentacle monster's eye out, like I I feel like that was the most Raimi thing. (laughs) I think that it's the like the overtly like coolness of the the zombie demon thing and when the zombie like resurrected and the hand came out and it looked like the like evil dead kind of esque yeah, poster yeah that, yeah the like it on was the noseness cool. of it yeah, was yeah. what was good the like rock and roll of it um what about what were you thinking about that well you guys covered some of the stuff that I like I'm going to just talk about performances you've got Benedict oh, yeah. Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen yes. carrying your movie and even some of these scenes that could have easily been like really silly and goofy yeah. Um, they sell it like yeah. they, they made me believe some of these scenes that otherwise like, you know, you're fighting a tentacle monster in, in the street and popping its eyeball <laughs> yeah. out like this easily could have been really stupid. But I was having a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It, so. Elizabeth Olsen was acting her ass off in this yeah. movie. She was, was true. she was incredible. And I'm going to say it. I'm really glad that they just dropped that she ha- does not have a Sokovian accent anymore. They were just like, it's too much trouble having yeah. you like go back and forth. I loved in WandaVision. I watched WandaVision. Right. I rewatched it before. Okay. Uh, I went to, but I loved uh, there was a point where Agatha uh, goes, man, that, that accent really comes and goes, doesn't it? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, because it seemed like in the show, it was like when she's in, uh, what's the place called? Westview. Westview. She like doesn't have the accent. And then when she goes out, she does. Well, because when she's in, it's all in her head. American TV. Right. Um, but yeah, and, and she just, Elizabeth Olsen killed it in this movie. Killed Killed people and it at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you did definitely kind of mention it a second ago, and I feel like it's, why wait for it? That whole Illuminati scene from beginning to That whole, yeah, I don't know what you would call it, like the sequence or that that like 20 minutes of Of the movie movie was a lot of fun. That's really where I felt like it started to go full horror, because it feels like it's a scene right out of a slasher movie. Like, she murders all these people. Yes. She's got blood all over her. And then there's that scene of them going through the tunnel. And she's, like, injured and kind of limping and walking yes. along. And the lights like are flickering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm then, like, yeah. this is, like, Michael Myers chasing after and somebody. And they go you know? full slasher movie in that moment. And when they drop the door, they all stand there waiting to see if something happens instead of just running away. So then you're sitting there as a viewer, like, go. go. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And it's like has to be in there intentionally to be going along for the and full the, effect. The 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 spot in it where it was um where she came out of that mirror like the ring. Yes. Oh. Yeah, the horror elements of really, it. They, really they cool. really went full on with it. And I have some negatives with the dialogue, but one of the shining examples of the greatness of some of the cheesiness that went full on and just became badass was in that Illuminati scene when Scarlet Witch said to Mr. Fantastic, like, I'm glad that your kids will have someone to raise them after I <laughs> after I kill you, pretty much. Like, oh, do they have their mother? Yes, they do. Good, I'm glad they'll have someone to raise them. <laughs> and it's just, he's just like, what? And, and I was sitting there like, did she just say that, like, in a Marvel movie? And then she, she peeled him apart like string cheese. Yeah, I... And then his head popped right at right as it got to the end there. Speaking of head pop, oh, the, yeah, the, the sound guy, I forget pop. his name. Black Bolt. Black yeah. Bolt, yes. And then when he goes... <laughs> like, I was like, hell I yeah. I couldn't believe what was happening. That was one of the most graphic things I've, I've seen in a movie in a while. <laughs> well, 
Well, you haven't seen men, so. Yeah. And I don't plan to. I was going to say, as I mentioned before, I've been watching a lot of movies from the 80s, and so I've seen some stuff. But that that might be the most graphic thing I've seen since Fear Street when they uh, shoved the girl into the the bread slicer. Yeah. God, I think about that sometimes still. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but kind of, you know, to get more on track, I did want to say, speaking of the Illuminati scene where there was big cameos, obviously, cameos galore, you could say, it really brought in a lot of what if to to the live action screen. It brought in like one character from what if, is that what you're trying to say? I didn't know if that was the one from what if. Well, Captain Carter was in there. (laughs) We also saw her in what if, but... I had actually been trying to look up something about just the TV series. I Google just decided to show me that John Krasinski was Mr. Fantastic uh, when I was looking that up separately. Oh, you had that spoiled before you saw the movie? Yikes. Technically, yeah. It, it It was an article that was like, so is John Krasinski Mr. Fantastic now? And I'm like, why? Like, why, why are we asking that? And so in the scene, when he then showed up as Mr. Fantastic, I was like, Oh, well, there it is. He, it, you know, John Krasinski is a Reed Richards. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that was coming at all. That was cool. But then, luckily, what I didn't get spoiled was Patrick Stewart as Professor Mordo. X. Oh. <laughs> Mordo. <laughs> coming out um, in his hovercraft wheelchair, and that was just best awesome. part of that whole thing was that they played the song from the X-Men animated series. series. Oh, yeah. I wish that I could say that I noticed that, but unfortunately, I think that was a little before my time, and so I didn't. I didn't notice it. Well, they're doing it again, so it's going to be during your time. Okay, cool. So I'll get the reference years <laughs> from now. Yeah. And so just that whole thing to 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 get us to see like oh. John Krasinski is Reed Richards. That's pretty cool. And, you know, oh, Professor X is here. Oh, my God, the X-Men are in the MCU and everything. And then she slaughtered everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I also really loved the music note fight. Yes. Between the two Doctor Strange. That's probably my favorite scene in in the whole movie. Yeah, me too. You know, when it goes like... It was just like... Yeah, and I was I actually pluck, I was wondering what you guys thought because I liked that a lot. I saw I've seen a lot of people thinking like that was almost too much over the top for them. Um, There's and... zombie Doctor Strange, is that, and that's too much <laughs> over the top. I loved that whole scene, and they really nailed kind of the third act of the movie. I think. Yeah, um, like what a just creative fight sequence. Mm-hmm. Like that idea on its own, not much less like the execution of that scene was just like. And I think great. that goes along with like Doctor Strange pretty much always has the coolest looking fight scenes and the most creative things because, you know, how much can you do just like shoot magic, shoot magic or whatever? You got to come up with yeah, creative I know, I ways. I like Captain to do America's it. fight scenes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's cool seeing but, hand-to-hand combat and, and, that, and everything. That being said, the score was really good, too. Danny Elfman, right. like, on his Danny Elfman shit. Which I was sitting there the whole time thinking, the music's pretty good in this movie. And, you know, then that the musical note sequence happens, and I'm like, this is killing it, too. <laughs> yeah. And so then when it came up that it was Danny Elfman, I was like, oh, okay. So there's actually someone. Has he done any other Marvel movies? Is this the S- first one? Spider-Man, back yeah. in the day. You but mean not, MCU. But not the MCU MCU, Spider-Man. no, I don't believe he has. But that was also cool thinking about how, you know, Sam Raimi did those Spider-Man movies back in the day with Tobey Maguire, Danny Elfman doing the score for that. So it was cool that they got to come back together for another Marvel movie. And I felt like I saw like the slightest of Spider-Man nods um, when, when America was being attacked by the tentacle monster and she was on like the building ledge and got hit and like the little bit of rubble fell down and yeah. she was like on top. It was well, a I lot feel like, like that's a, I feel like that's like a Raimi thing. Anyway, doesn't that happen in Evil Dead also? Or Army of Darkness? Maybe Army of Darkness, but I've actually... I've never seen Evil oh. Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. Oh Evil Dead 2 is fine. Army of Darkness... Wait, did you just say Evil Dead 2 is fine? It's fine. We need to have a whole separate podcast. <laughs> I'll do it because I actually just rewatched Evil Dead the other day just because I I think to... Evil Dead 2 is the best of them, actually. But oh. do you know what this has Army nothing to do with? Is Doctor Strange. My last thing, it was pretty much that overall it was a fun roller coaster of a movie. I, I saw that it was two hours and six minutes. I've gotten very used to Marvel movies being close to three hours, and I thought... We have a movie called Multiverse of Madness, and we're, like, shoving it all into two hours. But, I mean, it started up right away, and 
I felt like the pacing was pretty good the whole time. Just like I feel driving. Like, I feel like it could have benefited from another half hour. Yeah? Is that one of your negatives? <laughs> it was of. rushed? No, not that it was rushed. It just, are we getting into negatives or... I was going to say, do you have anything else to say good about the movie? No, I think we, we hit the main bullet points. Yeah. Let, let's just roll off of off of that. Yeah. <laughs> you seem like you have something let's to say, Let's run back Matt. those negatives, Matt. <laughs> okay, so America Chavez. Yes. Can you please tell me what you know about America Chavez? From this movie? In general. I yes. knew nothing yes. about her. From, yes. yes, from this movie. I knew nothing what about her. What do you her. know about her from this movie? She can travel through the multiverse. She has two moms. She at first didn't know how to use her powers, but now she seems to have a better grasp on it. And her main purpose is to use her powers to find her moms who she left. So can you now explain to me why I'm supposed to care about this character as an audience member? Because she like just showed up and we don't know anything about her is what you're saying. I mean, I do think, I don't think that's a huge negative like, I didn't care that much because I just took it as... That's not I mean, my biggest we're negative. Her. We're meeting her right now, you know? Like, this is the first time we're seeing yeah, her. Yeah, but the first scene that you... Feel free to jump oh, in because yes, we're going to talk over gonna... each other. <laughs> the first scene that you see her in is where Stephen Strange from another star- starts to kill her. Yeah. And I'm... Like, it seems like that was played for some sort of emotional reaction. Yeah. And... I'm still trying to figure out what's going on, who these people are. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange doesn't have a ponytail, so that's obviously not <laughs> our Doctor right, Strange. Right, right, like, right. what's happening? It, it yeah, her that whole her whole character, you. yeah, that fell flat to you. Which I can see where you're coming from. I guess how I took it in that moment was like we're coming in mise en scene. I believe is the term. Mise en scène. Yes. <laughs> Earlier, you didn't want to sound pretentious. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just here with Austin. Let's talk right about diegesis, guys. <laughs> no, but I just took it as like it was an emotional moment for them to, and like you caught on to that it was supposed to be some mo- moment. But I don't think we're necessarily supposed to be like, oh my god, like what a betrayal. Like I, you're just supposed to know like that meant something to them, and then going forward. You learn that oh she has already done you know I I just, I I'm just not feel like argue it's with you no about no I got you I just feel like it's more effective if if you knew if the was. audience is like in on the emotional it made me realize like it could have been cool which I mean I think it's a little bit dumb for me to say like you know oh if only this had happened but like they're doing all these TV shows and stuff like it could have been cool to have had her with that other Doctor Strange in like a TV show and then come into this movie or even just tease her in like a, you know, an after credit sequence or have her be like a minor character. I mean, that is one of my like gripes, I guess with the movie as well, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like, this is why it's a, I mean, it's, I still thought it was great. So it's like a four star movie, not a five star movie because there's some of these little, little things. I thought the beginning was a little rough. We were just kind of thrown into the scene and I'm like, there's some action and a bunch of colors happening, so I'm like entertained. Yeah. But like, just like Matt said, who, who is this character? Why yeah. do I care about her? Um, and she's really there as like a plot device. Yeah. They're like, we need right. a we need a way for them to multiverse shift and get yeah. stuck in another like universe um, and be able to get you know back and forth again. Um, so beyond that, like her character is not really like that deep. It's all kind of like surface level yeah, yeah, details, yeah. and everything around her is more interesting. The Doctor Strange, Rachel McAdams story, I think, is more interesting. Because we know about it, the past. The, the Elizabeth Olsen stuff, obviously, is more interesting. Um, you like, don't agree with that, too? I feel like even in the first Doctor Strange, the the Doctor Strange-Christine uh, relationship completely I don't, falls flat. Well, I agree those with two what actors, you were saying. Those two actors have no chemistry with But is it more interesting than America Chavez's yes. nothing? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I can I can see that. She was pretty one dimensional and I do think that one of the one of my negatives is there is kind of quite a few things in the movie that's kind of one dimensional. Um, but you can what were you gonna say? Okay, so I don't know where what ha- like where their Marvel's timeline was where what level the script for this movie was written to when WandaVision was being made or anything like that. So the end stinger for WandaVision is her studying the Darkhold, right. which we can still have, right? But right. she hears her kids, help, mom, mom, help, help. Oh, right. 
we get to this movie and her whole thing is not to go rescue her kids yeah, who need yeah. help. It's just to be together to because she misses them. So she's going to kidnap them from another Wanda. So mm. why not in the stinger for WandaVision? She sees something that just shows that they're still out there, that they exist elsewhere. Or maybe that they're and in we trouble introduce, and she has to like... But they're know. not in trouble in this movie. So like, yeah. what, what do we... So, but... But then we can introduce America Chavez. You don't even need to like do her whole story. You yeah. can int- you can throw her into the stinger for WandaVision, yeah. and then I want to get back to my kids. This is a person who can deliver me help to me. my kids, help me get to my kids. Now she's got some sort of motivation to be looking for America. Exactly. There's right. there's at least some layer. It doesn't fix the whole thing. No, but I agree. There's That's at least definitely something. one of those moments where. They probably wrote the end stinger of WandaVision and said, like, we'll figure it out, like, once we get to it, maybe. But let me ask you something, because you brought up something kind of interesting. It doesn't really change how you feel about, like, um, Wanda, like, her purpose of finding the kids. But at the end of the movie, when, like, she's there, like, attacking other Wanda, aren't the kids yelling, mom, help, mom, help? So, like, could she have been getting some sort of connection to that moment i guess i mean i'm i'm choosing to read it more as the dark hold was trying to pushing like, her in the direction of right. corruption but if it was pushing her in that direction she should have been on the mission to save her kids instead of instead of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which that's where one of my negatives was like her her like mission was i want to be with my kids i hated right? hated the use of wanda in this movie and i felt, sorry <laughs> i feel like you're right in the sense that like where you have Wanda at the end of WandaVision, let's not say she's completely overcome like her trauma that she had, but she had accepted that she had to like say goodbye to Vision, say goodbye to her kids, and it was best to like stop living in this fake world. Mm-hmm. And you're right that at the end she hears like a call for help from her kids. Mm-hmm. It would make a lot stronger of a character to be like, because then you have, like, why she's willing to kill Doctor Strange. Because, like, you're telling me my kids don't exist, but, like, I they're calling for help and I need to help them. Right. As instead of, I, I just want I to I just go. don't want to not have them. And, the thing and like, is, I, like, I get it. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have, like, she's, like, she's been through the most trauma of probably any of them. But, like... I felt like it was a little one-dimensional what but her they, motivation they was. They completely undid all of the character development that From they did in WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. And it really all culminates. <laughs> I just thought this was a stupid line. When she dream walks into the other Wanda and like goes through everything and they get to that weird like dimension place that had the book of Vashanti and like, you know, America gets the gap. Let's. That's actually a really good thing to call it. If it's even, even if it's not what it is, is it called the gap? That's a good place to say because I think it's almost like between where you buy worlds. Khakis. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's between worlds. Wouldn't that be great if they just walked into a Gap commercial? But a Wanda stops dreamwalking, and the Wanda in that universe wakes up. <laughs> like, where the am I? Right, but she doesn't say that. She says my boys <laughs> and she gets up and runs and it's like you like we, well, we get don't it. we like, don't know she if wants... she can we don't know if she can like see what's happening and she's just not in control it was because they were like wanda in every universe wants her boy that's, <laughs> that's wanda's character so yeah i got you um did you, i was gonna say did you have anything other than you know any of that that you that you like had as a gripe or if or if that didn't bother you for some yeah, reason, right. it it wasn't a huge issue for me. Um, I agree that like it seemed like a lot of those plot lines have been resolved by the end of Wandavision, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden she comes into this movie and she's like, "I got to get my boys back," and it's kind of like, "Wait a second. Well, but, and I think they were trying something with like the Darkhold is like doing something, but, right. they, didn't but they didn't explain, explain it that yeah. well. But, yeah, they just said it corrupts its user, but they didn't like explain how. Go ahead. One of the negatives I've heard other people talk about, um, and it wasn't necessarily you know, as big of a deal for me, but it's like fans of Wanda who like Wanda's their favorite character in the yeah, MCU. Yeah, yeah. They really didn't like, um, you know, her, her plot line and like what they did with her character in this right. movie. Cause she, she turns into the villain and she makes all these like evil choices. And I knew like at some point throughout the movie, I was like, okay, she's done too many bad things to get redeemed from this. Like, right. you know, this is going to end uh, with her demise. So um, I guess a lot of 
a lot of fans, you know, didn't like obviously that she dies at the end, and then she does like all these terrible things. Right. Um, she, she ain't dead. <laughs> she There's ain't no dead. way she's, she's dead. dead. But I mean, I did really appreciate uh, the bit of dialogue where uh, Doctor Strange says something like. Uh, there's a Wanda somewhere out there in uh, in a universe who's still with her kids and is happy. Isn't can't that be enough? Yeah. So that's what I would say to someone who doesn't like what they did with Wanda in this movie. It's like there's a Wanda somewhere. There's one happy. out there. <laughs> it's not this Wanda, but yeah. I will say about her death that I mean, just like Matt was saying, I don't think she's dead. And then I agree with you to a point that it will be. Let's say we get this Wanda back. Mm-hmm it's going to be a bit hard to redeem her. And I feel like you will want to, I mean, I want to redeem her. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Right. But let's talk to the people that do give a shit. Right. No, she's going to dark hold was corrupting her. She's going to, she's going to erase her own mind, her own memories. So that she doesn't remember. She needs Babu Frick from rise of Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, (laughs) no, Cody's like, I'm cutting. They're going to go like, uh, is that House of M? Well, House of M, I think their House of M was WandaVision. Okay. But it's all going it's it's going to end up leading into Secret Wars. Like they're going to do Secret Wars. So, pause on that cuz I think that'll be a good conversation for later. Later. I so I had already mentioned I just felt like some of the dialogue was a little too cheesy and one-dimensional, but they also had some good stuff. I did forget to mention in my positives that I I liked what they did with him and Christine, I know that you said Rachel McAdams and Benedict Cumberbatch have He's a absolutely great actor. No She's chemistry. a great actor. I just don't I It was a little cheesy, but that scene at the end where yes. he's like, I love you in every universe. Great I was line. kinda like, yeah, great line. You know, I wasn't tearing up or anything, but I was like, mm, okay, that's that's yeah, pulling at my heartstrings line. a little and bit. And I felt like it did a good job of like I don't know, kinda ending his arc for the movie. Yeah. And and I, I feel like I like how well, especially if you're gonna introduce Clara for the next movie. Like, right. He's which, Rachel McAdams is not in the picture anymore. Right, exactly. And um so I think they did a really good job with Doctor Strange in this movie. And even if there was, you know, a lot of one dimensional dialogue, there was also some some pretty good stuff too. So I don't really have a ton of other negatives, if I'm being honest. Neither do I. And then I've got a small qualm. Okay, what is it? How come Do- Doctor Strange and Wanda look identical in every universe, but Spider-Man is Tommy Maguire and Andrew Garfield <laughs> and Tom Holland? That's pretty funny. <laughs> and then, well, and then also, I mean, Christine has. Well, actually, wait a minute, Matt. What about the Doctor Strange in the beginning of the movie? You knew that wasn't our Doctor Strange. Because he had a ponytail. It yes. was still Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and he and like right different. <laughs> well, and and he was more of a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he was yeah. more of a douchebag. <laughs> Clea. Sorry, Clea, not Clara. Which that, Clea was Charlize Theron's character? Yes. Okay. Oh, the the, the lady who showed up at the end where I was like, who the hell was that? And then it <laughs> yeah. was over? Yeah, that's Clea. She's the niece of Doramamu. Doramamu, okay. I've come to bargain. Again, we just keep getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Any other issues you had, Matt? Oh, oh your gripe was that every right. You <laughs> was the, was, okay, that. so so Wanda in the comics is a nexus being, right? A nexus being is I'll take your word is, for it. is the same in every universe. Oh, okay. Okay. Doctor Strange isn't. Okay. So okay, you're gonna tell me? Okay, she looks all the same because she's a nexus being. Well, of course. Well, Doctor Strange isn't a nexus being. Neither yeah, is Chris Science. Is Professor X a Nexus being? Uh, Professor X is also James McAvoy. True, but that also doesn't make sense in the MCU. Like, that's not an MCU thing. It can be a different universe now. (laughs) Anyway, I think that was a pretty good conversation. (laughs) Do you guys have any lingering thoughts? I feel, and I can't can't name all the pieces of the recipe. Um, And I said this to Austin the other day, and I thought he had a pretty good comeback for me. But, like, I feel like it's just becoming so... Like, the Marvel movies are becoming so paint-by-numbers. Uh-huh. Like, just throw this character and that character into the recipe, and and boom, you got a Marvel movie. Like, you put Doctor Strange and you put Wanda into it, and then you And now it's Doctor Strange. Right. So what's your comeback there, Austin? I do think at least the first act was very paint-by-numbers. It felt like, oh, it's another Marvel movie. Um, especially, like, you know, we already talked about the America Chavez, like, you know, One she's just a plot device. I think, that, I think that's what's... But once it starts going full Rammy, that's where I'm like, this is fresh. In the same way that I felt like 
Thor Ragnarok was you know for fresh sure, for sure. Thor Ragnarok is definitely like a like I think it's it's a lot of people's favorite because of how fresh it was compared right. to especially Thor. Yeah, movies. I think my I think the main thing that's pushed me is the the whole America Chavez thing. Well, and she's actually a character in like some of the newer comic books. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that she's a really good. She's a really she's a great character in the comic books, and they did not do her justice in this movie. We'll get to, obviously she'll stay around going forward. Mm-hmm. And then it was like. Okay, Marvel has the villain problem, right? They can't get a villain other than Thanos and Loki. They can't figure out how to do a villain, mm-hmm. I guess, in Killmonger, probably. But and also the one from Civil War that I can never remember his name. He was a great villain, Zemo. Yeah, he, he was okay. He wasn't great until Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I completely disagree. Oh my god! I think I think damage was done in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh no, he was awesome in Falcon. <laughs> Go ahead though, their villain problem. So they're like, all right, well, we can't figure out a villain, so let's just bring in a character that everyone likes and make them the villain. And I, I get mean, that she's a villain in the comics, yes. but like, I, I don't know. If her, if they why have... do all the work in Wandavision just to, to, yes. to turn around and make her a villain? I I get it. Yes, it. it they I has feel like... nobody has nobody since the end of Endgame been checking on her. <laughs> That seems to be what they were saying in WandaVision, didn't it? Like, well, and then even to say, like, okay, wait, I just remembered something from Doctor Strange that I wanted to talk about. The first one or the second one? This one, (laughs) Multiverse of Madness. And it's something I liked, and I think it's something that will, if we move forward with specifically this Wanda, something that may help to quote-unquote redeem her, okay? Whether or not anyone agrees with me, I'm just saying this is a thing I noticed, it was when he when Doctor Strange first went to see Wanda, she's like, oh, are you here to talk about Westview? And first off, he probably should have been there to talk about Westview, just saying. But he should have like, been there to be like, hey, you murdered your, the love you of your okay? life. Are, that, how are you? We're way past that. So anyway, she's like, are you here to talk about Westview? He's like, no. And he's like, I, I knew you would do like the right thing in the end or whatever, which is kind of lazy, right? But mm-hmm. also like, okay, cool. Cool. Wait. Also, there was an opportunity to bring that line back and kind of. Was so like, then, but when they Christine said she did the right thing, he should have said that was never in question. Right. Like, <laughs> sorry, but that's what happened. That's what I was getting at. In the end, she did the right thing. God, she right? murdered a lot of people. In slash, the end, slash in the bison. end. I'm not saying throughout the movie. I'm saying in the end, she did the right thing. But let me. It finish. was the only way. Let me finish. Did the yak guy die? <laughs> The yeah, fact yeah. that you don't know is an issue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's a negative. <laughs> but she did the right thing in the end, quote unquote. She destroyed the Darkhold across the multiverse and destroyed the whole temple too so that you can't have the Darkhold. And she didn't end up taking the kids and said like, you know, I'm noping out of this. Darkhold's still going to be a thing. Maybe, but either way, he, he if you want to go forward in the Marvel Universe and you want to bring Wanda back... I'm just saying I think that's a, a place we're going to go. It's like, what about all this stuff she did? He's going to be like, she did the right thing in the end. All that bad stuff was the dark hold. We're good. And someone will be like, sounds good to me. I also just want to say real quick that as we, this is the last thing I'm going to say. As we pointed out earlier, I saw everything everywhere all at once. You've seen that as well. One day you will see it too, Matt. Seeing that movie without spoiling anything, it's also a multiverse movie. It ruined Doctor Strange a little bit for me because there were no hot dog fingers. They kind of (laughs) they went wild in everything, everywhere, all at once with like what a different universe could be like. And in this movie, Multiverse of Madness, guys, they go on red and they stop on green. They went really yeah. wild in like 10 different universes for over the course of like 25 to 30 seconds. Yes. And, and, and then, then they landed in a normal universe <laughs> that didn't have much of a budget. Yeah, I want to spend more time in the paint universe. Yeah, yeah, right? Like what even are you? Like how does that even manifest? This movie should have been an hour longer than it was and half of the time should have been spent just character building through. for America Chavez and Scarlet Witch, yeah. and the other half should have been just playing in different universes. I got you. Yeah. Okay, so before we do ratings, I'm ha- going to have to edit this in, so it might sound awkward, so sorry about that, listeners, but we got to do one of the best segments that exists on the podcast, 
Who was that? You only saw it for a minute. Oh, that's Dylan's favorite character. Dylan's favorite character. Dylan's my significant other's brother, my SOB. His favorite character in movies are always very insignificant. And so we're going to see if we can guess Dylan's favorite character. I think, did he send you an answer? He sent me an answer. Yeah, I got it. I think I know it, and I think it's more significant than in other movies. Oh, okay. I think it's Pizza Papa. Okay. Do you think that sounds like a pretty good guess, Austin? Um, I'm going to guess that it would be Bruce Campbell as the cart guy. Pizza Papa. One. Is that Pizza Papa? That's Pizza Papa. Pizza Papa. Okay, so we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a Slaps guy. Mm-hmm. You are incorrect. Do you want to guess again? Mm-hmm. Okay. Give me a second. I'm going to give you one hint, okay? Can it count as being right if I can just guess the scene that they're in? Or do I have to pinpoint? I feel like if you can guess the scene they're in, you can guess what it is. Oh, okay. All is right. it the Yak Man? No. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. I do want to tell you that te- in a technical sense, he it it is very important to the scene. It... One-eyed squid monster? No, it's the it's the music note that came off the harp string. <laughs> All right, we're done guessing, everybody. <laughs> the answer is that there is a scene, and America gets stung by a bee. It's the bee. It's the bee. Mm. The bee is his favorite character. Better luck next time, everyone that played. Who was that? No, I'm not. All right, let's get into ratings. So I think that that's a good place to end that. So we'll go around say our star rating out of five. Um, and so let me get that up because I don't remember what I did. Austin already said his. So out of five, I would give this one, even after everything we just talked about, I would give it four stars. I loved it. It was not as crazy as I wanted it to be, but it was a fun roller coaster of a movie. I'm, I would go three and a half. Okay. I like the first yeah. Doctor Strange more than I like this one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, solid four. Uh, like I said earlier, like, Top tier Marvel for me doesn't quite crack like the top five or anything, but uh, just for fun, what is your favorite the, Marvel in the movie? upper half? Um, I, th- I think it's got to be Endgame. Oh, okay. I mean, I have all the Avengers at the top. Like, yeah. well, no, not all of them. Not, not, not Ultron. <laughs> not Infinity War. <laughs> uh, no, I mean Infinity War, Endgame, and the OG Avengers. I think are at the top. Wow. Um, I also have got I've got Ragnarok up there. Uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Civil and, War, and the, Cap di- Civil the War. Diet Avengers movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, would you guys rec? What? I, what I what's things. your favorite Marvel movie? I don't think we've ever done this. Um, my favorite Marvel movie. I just give me to top rem- three. It's it's almost weird saying it out loud. My favorite's Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and then my second favorite was uh, Spider Man Homecoming, and then third was Civil War. I think my favorite is Black Panther, then Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, No Way Home. I should have mentioned that. That creeped into my top, my my S tier as the a third role. Spider-Man there. Uh, yeah, so I'd, we're talking I'd about hard, this. Now, I'd be but... hard pressed for probably Guardians one. Okay, for number three. So yeah, so I I think I'm kind of done asking. Would you recommend it when we're talking about a Marvel movie? Like you're either in this or you're not. Right. So like, <laughs> yes, go see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you we're more seeing these out of obligation at this point. <laughs> no, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> but. We're going to get into, I'm just going to say because Matt knows a bit about the comics. Uh, we're getting into territory where I know less and less. Just that's fine. throwing that's that good. out there. But just because you, you know more than me, we could be getting into quote unquote spoiler territory in the sense of like going forward in Marvel, in the sense that you might know some things in the comment comics that give you a better guess at, at what where they're doing. things are going. They're 100% so you, doing Secret Wars. If you don't want to know about that, I guess stop <laughs> listening. But I, I'm just kind of interested in what you guys think. So, done with Multiverse of Madness. Now we're talking about just Phase 4 and beyond of Marvel movies, the MCU, and the shows. Pretty much, Phase 4, the movies going on that we've seen so far, the TV shows, like, where are they going with this? Because it keeps feeling like oh we're gonna get into the multiverse at large and then like it never really like fully matters like they went to the multiverse in this and then it's like it all kind of closes back up and like no way home everything started breaking and then they just closed it back up and like loki set up this whole like branching realities like oh my god it's gonna change everything and then it like didn't and it's like it's just felt a little weird 
coming off of the Infinity Saga feeling all so connected and like you could see where they were going and then now it kind of feels like what are we doing now? But you got to remember the Infinity Saga, Iron Man came out in 2008. Yeah. And when did Endgame come out? 2020? 2019? Somewhere around there, yeah. I, I think it was like 2018 probably. I mean, so okay, so 20 years. No, 10 years. <laughs> okay, so 10 years. Yeah. It, it, it took. But in those fir- even in those first few movies, you were getting glimpses of Infinity Stones and like stuff was popping up that you were like, oh. But you had no build. idea Thanos was coming. No. You had no idea that we were moving by, toward Infinity War. By 2012, you knew Thanos was coming because he showed up in The Avengers. And that was like, what, five movies in? Yeah, but even then... It was like, well, that was a cool stinger. We don't know if we're actually going to do Thanos. So it's just like, right now it seems like it's still all kind of a reaction of Endgame. You know what I mean? Like, you had... It was nice that nobody mentioned the blip. Yeah. But you still had Doctor Strange wrestling over, you know, hey, that was the only choice you had, right? They did mention the blip. Yes, they Mm -hmm. did. And so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're all still kind of just like... Still on that, like, you know, oh yeah, what happened with Thanos was you crazy. You know what movie didn't mention the blip? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Eternals. Eternals. No, it did. They did. They mentioned Thanos in that movie. If Eternals didn't mention anything, I wouldn't have complained. Damn, he hated Eternals. <laughs> he probably hated it so bad that he gave it three stars. That's a joke because Austin gives almost I, every I movie did, he I did three give it three stars. <laughs> that well, should be a new, a new game. What star rating did Austin give it? And I'll be like... Three stars, Alex. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is every single movie recently has been like a reaction to Endgame still. You had Doctor Strange struggling with, oh, I made the right call, right? And you have No Way Home like, I just want to go to college after all this. Like, we're still kind of just going off the blip. And then all the shows that have had characters that were in Endgame were directly related to what happened in Endgame. And the new characters that we've had, it's... I mean, like, Moon Knight, like, it was very contained. Like, you could drop that literally anywhere. I haven't listened to the episode on Moon Knight yet. But don't even get me started on Moon Knight. Okay. Really? I liked Moon Knight. Yeah, so did I. But don't even get him started. So anyway, Matt. I love Moon Knight. I'm not sure about the the hippo. Where do you think they're going? Where do you think they're going with Phase 4? What are we doing? I think we're going to Secret Wars. So, okay. So you, you make a good point where... It seems like, oh, we're going to get the multiverse. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, we're going to get the multiverse. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. We're getting it. We're getting it the way that they're going to give it to us. We're getting it in little doses. I think the big boom, the big, like, holy shit, is going to come in um, Quantumania, the Ant-Man and, and the Man Wasp, movie. with Kang. Because that's where Kang is going to be. I don't know. You that's watched, the villain. You, you watched all of Loki. Yes. You watched all of Loki. Yeah. So, he who remains... At the end of Loki in that last episode. Was a variant of Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of keeping that one timeline was he was trying to keep the what, what he called the sacred timeline was the timeline where Kang never came into power. Right. So now that's gone. So now Kang can come into power. Kang is a time-traveling, multiverse-traveling. Right. So that's where I think you're going to start getting things that are a little bit more interconnected. Is Quantumania. Which is in Quantumania. Let's point out we have Thor next in the movie cycle. We have Thor Love and Thunder, which definitely seems like it's a reaction Ragnarok to Endgame. Two. <laughs> yes. I mean, Taika Waititi. Like, I'll, I'll watch him hurl shit at a wall and yeah. it'll probably be I'm fantastic. Not, yeah. <laughs> I don't even care. It's going to no, be amazing. No, it's going to be awesome. But, but it's going to have nothing continuing like the phase other than character based like what Thor's up to after Endgame. Fine. It's going to be great. But then, is Quantumania next? I think so. So that could be something to look forward to. I want to say Quantumania is like November. I have not been a huge... uh, The first Ant-Man is fine. I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was extremely forgettable. So I can't say I'm excited about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But maybe that's why they're going to give it a very important (laughs) You you know what has done more... To get me excited for Quantumania than anything else? Paul Rudd just existing? The season finale of Loki. Okay. Just yeah. just that whole episode of Jonathan Majors yeah. going back and forth with them. I was like, I, 
I'll watch this guy read a dictionary. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. And what's Secret Wars? So Secret Wars is I can't remember the name of the of the character, but it's a it's a comic I think book. It's thing. the Beyonder. Is a character from another universe. Um, realizes that all the multiverses are gonna be fighting, 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 and destroy one another, and all existence is gonna be lost. So he takes different people from different multiverses and brings them to. He calls it Battle World. And that's not just what we saw in What If with the Watcher bringing together the different heroes from different multiverses? No, that was to fight Vision slash Ultron. Right, but like it was kind of that concept. No. So anyway, they all fight each other and yeah. you know, whatever whatever happens, happens. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. Chaos ensues. Yeah. that's. I think that's what we're heading to, towards. But, but it's... it's, it's the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, and then there's like all different like villains and stuff, and they're all there, and they all have to figure out on how one, to... In one universe, kind of like Mortal Kombat. Kind of. Oh, you just got me real excited for it. <laughs> okay, so you think that pretty much right now... Well, and they have to figure out how do we save the world and not just have this be what exists. So right now is just setting up almost like falling action after Endgame, introduce some characters. Charlize Theron showed up at the end of Doctor Strange. Yeah, I don't know character. where they're going with that. I don't Whatever. know where they're going with Harry Styles. Like, Don't right. get me started on all that. Okay, but eventually we'll culminate possibly 10 years from now with Mortal Kombat Marvel <laughs> Edition. Marvel Kombat. Marvel versus Captain. Marvel Kombat. <laughs> Have you guys been enjoying Marvel and you're excited to see where they're going? Or do you actually think you kind of feel like you're watching them out of obligation right now? I'm excited that they announced a new Daredevil series. I really, really hope that it's uh, the same guy from the Netflix. Charlie Cox. Yeah. I mean, since he, he was in Spider-Man. What about you? I mean, I think Marvel has peaked... Like, it peaked with Endgame. Right. And we're still on that upper part of the slope going downward. So right. we're still getting good content, like Multiverse of Madness, I would consider it to be, you know, good, good uh, obviously. Content. Yeah. yeah, good content. <laughs> um, but, I mean, just, just speaking as a film fan and not necessarily as, a, like, a comic book fan, because my knowledge of Marvel is, is pretty limited, and we've kind of gotten to the phases, no pun intended, that have eclipsed, really, what I know about the Marvel characters. Yeah. Um, you know, just like I, I think I mentioned earlier, uh, Charlize Theron shows up at the end of it and I was like, who the hell are you? Yeah. Is this a Fast and Furious crossover? Because I'm not on board for that. Um, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. Um, but I mean, like my favorite superhero growing up was Batman. And, right. you know, when I was getting out of high school, just going into college, uh, you know, making my own films, The Dark Knight was the end all be all of comic book films. Still is. And, it's <laughs> and um i really didn't like get into marvel until it started you know avengers and then it started going to yes like, like the upward climb of the peak if you will um so yeah i mean anything that i could say that what's gonna happen in the next phase it would just be making me making stuff up which like, is how i feel too a yeah. little bit but i think they at least know that we're in a downhill part. Like, I don't think that anyone is under any sort of idea that, oh, we're just as big now as we were at Endgame. Like, well, didn't Feige said that they're getting ready to go off on a retreat so that they can plan the next 10 years? That would get... If I was someone involved in this, I'd have major anxiety from Kevin Feige saying <laughs> that. But <laughs> I just have major anxiety I over would, everything, though. What I would like to see them start doing is... Maybe take a little bit of inspiration from the comics, but start doing different things that don't already exist in the comics. Like make up new stuff. Have comic book writers write stories, but don't put them in comic book form. Put them in yeah, in, that could be in interesting. Film form. We'll see what happens because that's especially listening to Batman Unburied. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back around to Batman. I love imagining you saying, by the way, like I mean. My favorite superhero is always Batman, so I'm still just waiting for him to show up in the MCU. <laughs> I wouldn't find it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So that was Let's Run That Back. That was a lot of what Austin might call good content, I think. Quality content. Quality content. Thanks for being here, Austin. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Anytime. And so uh, thanks for listening to Let's Run That Back. You can catch us on Instagram, Let's Run That Back. 
Our website's letsrunthatback.com. Our email address is letsrunthatbackpod at gmail.com. If you want to write in to say that you completely disagreed with everything specifically Austin said, you can do that. Um, We will not accept any other emails of any kind. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Rate and review us on whatever podcast you're listening to. That would be a big help for us. And yeah, I'm Cody. I'm Matt. And I'm also here. Yes, you are. (laughs) And And now you're not because now we're gone. My boys.